Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about how karma and our subconscious mind are affecting our experience. But before we get into all that, if you'd like to support the ongoing creation of the Infinite Spark of Being, there are multiple ways to do so, all of which can be found on the website, theinfinitesparkofbeing.com. There's a donation link where you can either donate monthly through Patreon or a one-time fee for whatever the amount through Venmo. Uh, Both of these things help me out greatly. And another big help is uh, the purchase of apparel, prints, books, whatever it is. Uh, All very, very helpful and greatly appreciated. So here we are, karma, experience, and the subconscious mind. Let's get started. Today I am uh, going to revisit the idea of karma and how how that is the subconscious mind and how that is giving us our experience. Uh, So the role of the subconscious mind could be seen as the operating system for the human incarnation. It stores our experiences, our beliefs, etc. It gives the user the user's experience. The user in this case is going to be the soul. The subconscious mind is giving the soul its experience of life on this plane. If the subconscious mind is the operating system, uh, then that means that the conscious mind would be more like applications and software. The conscious mind's main features are imagination and fantasy, and it uses those to elaborate on the experiences that the subconscious mind is giving the user. Now, uh, before we go too far, I'd like to remind you of the spiritual anatomy here. The soul travels with the subtle body from birth to birth, uh, working out karma, and that karma is contained within the subtle body. The karma being the mind's predisposed uh, attractions and aversions, this can be seen as the subconscious mind. Um, so karma is the subconscious. So as you can uh, clear the subconscious of patterns and traumas, then you clear the karma. So back to the conscious and subconscious minds. Now, uh, something that we need to understand about the relationship between the conscious and the subconscious mind is uh, the conscious mind will only produce thoughts within the context of the patterns of thought that are already occurring in the subconscious mind. Your conscious mind is a result of the subconscious. The conscious mind is only going to think thoughts that are within those patterns or templates of the subconscious. Um, An example of this, uh, uh, let's say that due to specific childhood experiences, I perceive the world as a place filled with adversaries and threats. Uh, These experiences created beliefs that now live in my subconscious mind. Um, It wasn't a conscious choice to see the world as filled with adversaries and threats, but due to uh, specific events, here we are. 
Uh, these beliefs and experiences create patterns of perception within the subconscious that create feelings in the body that uh, my conscious mind then elaborates on. So if my conscious mind is set up, so to speak, to see everything and everyone as a potential adversary or threat, then it won't take much for my nervous system to become triggered, especially if there are uh, traumatic events stuck in the subconscious. Um, you know, my body will feel tight. I'll experience adrenaline and cortisol. And then my conscious mind will step in and begin imagining uh, and fantasizing and elaborating on these feelings when in actuality, my subconscious mind is comparing a current situation to something from the past that isn't happening at this moment. Uh, it's my mind reminding my body how to feel, but not how to feel about this moment, but instead how to feel about the past, um, the moment from the past. The mind says, looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. But the problem is, it's not always a duck. In fact, it's very rarely exactly a duck. Might be close, but it's not the duck. It's, I'm the, let's like, give me the benefit of the doubt. Let's say it is a duck. It's not the same duck. It's a different duck. Now we get into Buddhist idea of beginner's mind. <laughs> anyway, so uh, with this perception or thought loop running in the background all the time, uh, all the time in the subconscious, and the conscious mind constantly giving its two cents and elaborating on it, we have our experience. We have our thoughts, our perceptions of things, and that's our reality, our experience, our karma. So you see the importance of working from the inside, the importance of going within. Otherwise, we're just rearranging furniture in our prison cell. We move, uh, we move things around externally. We feel satiated, and then we don't. And then we have to do it all over again. You know, relationship to relationship, town to town, state to state, job to job, only to find out it's always the same because we constantly perceive it that way. So if we want a different experience of life or a different uh, karmic curriculum, then we have to work with the subconscious mind because that's, that is a driving cause and effect. So you could say, I have an attraction to X, that's the cause. And since I have uh, that attraction to X, Y is the result. Or um, I have an aversion to Y. That would be the cause. And since I have this aversion to Y, X would be the result. Um, that's karma. And while at first it's out of our control, uh, not really something we're choosing through meditative practice, through creating space between what happens and what's done about it, we can begin to clear or change the karma for the better or the worse, right? Uh, remember, as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, the intelligence or the intellect is right beneath the soul and the mind is below the intellect. Intellect and reason are what allow us to work with the karmic curriculum. Intellect and reason are Krishna or God. Um, take the personification or the anthropomorphization out of the idea of Krishna and see Krishna or God just for a moment as a principle. Um, just for a minute, see God as the subconscious mind and see Krishna as this, or I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say God. I meant um, 
what's the word? See, see the subconscious as, and it's a term that gets used in various circles, but as Godhead, right? That's the subconscious mind. And then see Krishna as the supreme personality of Godhead or the ultimate piece of software that you could use within the context of the operating system. This is probably blasphemous for so many people, but I'm trying to just, I don't know, I'm trying to give a different angle. I just want you to understand this. Um, it's something that has changed everything for me to learn to work with this. Um, you know, maybe you can apply Jesus and God. Like, God is to Godhead as Jesus is to Krishna as the supreme personality of Godhead. So when you think of personality, it's like Krishna would be the supreme personality of Godhead, meaning the the personality, his personality would have been the one that you want when dealing with life, right? I don't know. It's one way to look at it. Maybe I'm going to hell. I have no idea. <laughs> Either way, remember the subconscious mind is our experience. It is our perception. Our perception is quite literally what we see. It's what we notice and pick up on. Um, the next thing to understand is where judgment sits in all of this, as uh, judgment is also simply a pattern, right? If there is no judgment, uh, no opinion, then what's happening? What is karma if there is no judgment or opinion? It's simple phenomena. That's it. That it's, it's a happening. Um, our judgments and opinions are a pattern as well, just like everything else. They are part of the code in the subconscious mind. If there is no opinion, there is no karma. If there's no opinion or judgment, then there is no world. Our experience of reality is predicated on judgment. This leads us back to those episodes on meditation and creating space. Um, space, awareness, mindfulness would allow the judgment or the thought to arise. We'd see it, notice it, and then if need be, choose, and I use the word choose loosely, <laughs> to think differently about the situation. So let's say that your typical thoughts or judgments of something tend to be unpleasant experiences. Um, you know, these thoughts kind of make everything unravel. They create experiences that are unpleasant. Maybe you wish you thought differently about yourself or differently about others. Um, actually, Let's just look at ourselves. So let's forget others, forget the outside world. Just look at you. So let's say that you tend to judge yourself harshly. Uh, you think the worst of yourself. Well, that's a pattern. It's a habit. The problem is that that particular habit of conscious thought reinforces those perceptions of yourself within the subconscious mind. So again, these conscious thoughts you have about yourself, these self-deprecating things, regardless whether you hide it in laughter or joke like I do, those reinforce these patterns in the subconscious. And if that's the case, then that's the way in which you experience yourself. You experience yourself that way. These, the experience of being Keith is done through the subconscious. Hopefully I'm illustrating my point, or at least what the problem is. So... 
let's forget about your experience of the outside world and how it relates to the patterns of the subconscious mind. Look at the role of the subconscious in the way you experience yourself, the way you view yourself, see yourself, value yourself. Energy flows where the attention goes. Remember that. The subconscious mind is a pattern-oriented, meaning-making machine. You, as uh, as an empty symbol, have been given or imbued with certain value, uh, certain meaning, and it happened through all sorts of circumstances, upbringing, etc. Well, the subconscious mind looks for that meaning to be consistent. Not true, meaning that it doesn't look for the meaning to be consistent, or I'm sorry, it looks for the meaning of you, who you are, to be consistent. It doesn't look for that meaning of who you are to be true. It's important for you to understand that. The subconscious mind doesn't care whether it's true or not. It wants consistency. It needs it to be consistent because consistency, even if it's negative, is safe. It knows what to expect. And then on top of that, our conscious mind steps in and elaborates on it and reinforces all of the data about you and your subconscious mind. I hope this is making sense. I realize I'm stumbling over my words a lot today. Um, this is your karma. Uh, this is your subtle body, your karma manifesting into this reality as your subconscious mind. Um, Your subconscious mind is outside of your conscious awareness. We have no idea what that thing is thinking. However, our conscious mind is a fantastic clue as to what the fuck the subconscious mind is thinking. Um, When we look at our self-concept, our self-esteem, our self-worth, we see exactly what our subconscious patterns of perception are. Remember, perception means a way of regarding understanding and interpreting. So when we look at our conscious thoughts, the thoughts we know we are thinking about us, we can clearly see how we perceive ourselves on a subconscious level. Um, Two great Neville Goddard quotes. Uh, The first one would be, um, the subconscious mind does not care about the truth or falsity of your feeling perception. It accepts as true that which you feel, perceive, to be true. And the other one would be our subconscious impressions determine the conditions of our world. Um, I believed at one point in my life, due to certain events in childhood that lasted for several years, that the world was filled with potential adversaries and threats. Was it true? No. Did it matter to my subconscious mind whether it was true or not? No. Uh, What were my subconscious impressions? My subconscious impressions were that the world was a dangerous place filled with potential adversaries and threats. Um, What were the conditions of my world? That That I needed to live in fear. I needed to be afraid of everyone because they could all hurt me. And what was my response to that? Fight. That was my response of the fight, 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 flight, or freeze response, I landed on fight every fucking time. Does that mean that I was physically violent? Well, I mean, as a young man, I was shitty as a teenager, very shitty. But most of all, it it just kind of manifested as being a really confrontational person. 
not skillfully and compassionately holding a boundary or, you know, disagreeing, but being a confrontational prick. And what did that result in? It resulted in an exhausting experience of life where I needed to be right all the fucking time. And I needed to confront every single person I perceived as a know-it-all authority figure or as someone who was wrong. So since energy flows where the attention goes, it was a fucking mess. Um, do you, can you imagine how utterly exhausting that is that you need to, it's tiring. Some of you do know, some of you fucking know right now, you definitely know how tiring it is. So um, after some time of wrestling with the world and trying to rearrange the furniture of my prison cell, I had to go within. I had to change my world from the inside out, starting with my perception, starting with my mind. Um, I created or started to create space um, between what was happening and what I did or said about it. Um, and as I did that, things changed. Um, I trusted the process. I had faith that it worked. And one day it looked up and it was all different. My world changed. Um, when I say trusted the process, I trusted the things my teachers said. I trusted books. You know, not all books, obviously. Um, but yeah, just that I, I had faith that if I was consistent and if I was disciplined, that the mind would change. And that's hard because a lot of us have trouble, you know, just having faith and trusting what people are saying. But I mean, I don't know. That was my experience of it. I just kind of let go. Um, it's the way that like certain books, especially in the beginning of my journey, I didn't understand any of them. Right. But I read them because I knew they were important. And I knew if I just read them and read them and read them, well, eventually something would click. And it did. That's how the Bhagavad Gita worked for me. Um, that's how meditation worked for me. I knew it was the right thing. And so as I got quieter, as there was less neural wind, as my teacher would say, um, I was able to just think. I, my body, really, really what was happening is my body wasn't responding to these things so strongly and when your body is not responding to your mind so much, you actually can like think clearly, no pun intended, that you, I mean, think about it. Like when you have a headache, you can't think straight. When you're in physical pain, you can't think straight. When you're anxious, you can't think straight. And all of that is happening, you know, not all of it, obviously, but the mind is generating a lot of that. So um, that's it for karma experience in the subconscious mind. Uh, my, my intention, as always, is to be clear and give you something to think about, something to consider. And again, if you'd like to support this thing that I call the Infinite Spark of Being, you can do that through the website, theinfinitesparkofbeing.com, and you can do it by purchasing books, prints, apparel. You can do it through a one-time attaboy donation through Venmo or a monthly Patreon. Um, and remember, uh, we know each other. We've been doing this forever. You, me, all of us, we're old friends. Just reach out. Don't be worried about it. It's all good. Bye.